for the benefit of those with flash photography. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to DreamWork! I, as always, am your host, Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner and co-host. As always, his name is Cheech. Uh, We got a couple DreamWork firsts here this week. First of all, I think this is the first time I've put the podcast out on a Saturday. Uh, Me and Cheech's schedules uh, in the last couple months have not really lined up. We're on kind of opposite schedules. So we've been making it work, but this week things got a little, little tricky. So we may do. Hopefully we'll be back to our usual Thursday drop next week. Uh, but the other big first is this is our first women's tag team. And woo, we went all the way up for this one. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey are, I mean... Just this past year, they're not just one of the best women's tag teams of all time. They were the best tag team in 2020, um, and 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 that's crazy, and it's great, and it's incredible. And uh, I wanted to do this team for a little bit, and I'm so glad that we did because, in addition, while watching some of the matches, we found other women's tag teams that we will definitely dive into in future episodes. But man. They got a lot to live up to because we started with the top, the pinnacle, the golden role models, the boss and hug connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Let's do it. Yeah, buddy. What's up? Nothing. It's freaking ladies night here on DreamWork. (laughs) Ha I like it. I like it. I can I can go with that. We got uh, two fifty sex on the beaches, and uh, I don't know what uh, what else do girls get at bars? I don't know. Hit on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at this point in life, there's definitely some kind of white claw special on ladies' night. Oh, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's all sorts of um, specials. But guess what? We probably just go completely blind to it because we're probably just resentful. Probably there ain't no there ain't no men's night. Where's the equality? (laughs) (laughs) I think we're off the beaten track already. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Hi. Welcome to DreamWork. (laughs) Hi. Today we're covering a lovely tag team of ladies known as Sasha Banks and Bailey. Clearly, <laughs> clearly already me and Cheech don't know how to act. <laughs> We're totally comfortable on this subject. We've we've changed the gender of the teams and we are completely uncomfortable. But yes, uh, the team this week, Sasha Banks and Bailey, otherwise known as the Boss and Hug Connection, otherwise known as the Golden Role Models. All right, you got him. You got him. I was going to say as I was going through, I was like, "Oh yeah, they did have they did have different names." I vaguely remember the boss and hug connection thing. I think I was I've I've been disconnected far enough that uh, golden role models completely missed me. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just role models, but yeah, it was golden role models. I was like, "All right, at least I was close." Yeah, I uh, I heard it on one of the matches, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." And then I read it, and I was it was like 
the ta- their tag team name was the Golden Role Models. And I was like, huh, interesting. Yep, that was when they were no good nicks. But when they were a couple of blue eyes, uh, they were the Boston Hug Connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll 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 get into it. It's oh, yes there are and, shades. There are shades. Yes and no. Um. So yeah, okay. So let's 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 hop into our preliminary thoughts on this team. Um, this is a team that I brought up a while ago. Um because I just knew that they had uh, a ton of matches. True, true, true. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, you had brought it up a while ago, and I think I think originally I, I poo-pooed it just because I was like, oh, it was just so recent. But I did agree with the reasoning that, yes, they, they obviously have a lot of matches, and, yes, they're quite prolific. Yeah, and we try to, we try to do a variety here. You know, we try to make sure that the teams are – are different every week in their own way. And, and we've, we've definitely never done a a women's wrestling team. Yeah, no, we finally got to it. It didn't take too, too long, but yeah, we eventually got to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and if we were, if there's one to start with, this is probably outside of Japan, the most prolific ladies tag team. uh, I, I mean, ever. Oh, definitely. And yes, not that I think there would be backlash about this choice, but like, yes, of course, we thought of like uh, Judy Martin and like the Glamour Girls and the Jumping Bomb Angels and like the Crush Gals and stuff. But like, obviously, like we said, this team just had a lot to work with and they were the first time, like, we're going to go over their accomplishments. You're going to know why we chose them. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get to it right now, but... I did not realize what their uh, list of accomplishments looked like. Well, I I just know the fact that like they were huge parts of the women's revolution, so I'm sure they have quite a lot of accolades. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I'm not even going to go over their singles accolades, which I could, but I'm just going over their their tag team accolades. So let's 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 hop right in. Let's get into their championships and accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. Okay, so they are two-time WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, They are also the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Yep, that's a big one. Uh, They were the Busted Open Tag Team of the Year in 2020. Okay. They are the CBS Sports Tag Team of the Year in 2020. Okay. They are number three on the PWI Tag Team 50 in 2020. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And they were this year's PWI Tag Team of the Year. Okay, yeah. Those were definitely quite a list of accomplishments. Uh, Okay. I mean, we'll get into it eventually, but, like, it's tough because a lot of these accomplishments were in this weird time warp that we're in. So, yeah, it's just all of it's in an odd time blender in my mind. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that that's not, they weren't the female tag team of the year. They were the tag team of the year. Oh, no, no, obviously. Yes, yes. These accomplishments are huge. It's just the time frame that just throws me off a little. I was trying, I'm trying to think of who was the teams below them on the, I looked it up too and I was like, man, they, they just, wow, incredible. I know the Street Profits were on the list. Uh, of runners up, and uh, 
Well, okay. I mean, like we like they were called, they were golden role models. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they definitely had a a bomb ass, crazy, lit, flames, fire, whatever adjective you want to use. Twenty twenty. And they all they also during their times teaming both at one point were uh, women's champion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they were golden. Like, yeah. They were strapped up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And and yes, tag team of the year in what what was it? Busted open gave it to him. CBS Sports and PWI. That's that's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes it pretty definitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So that I I was a little shocked by that. The, the PWI tag team of the year, I think, is the one that really was like, oh wow, no way. All right, hell yeah. Well, that was the thing. As I, as like, uh, as I was going through, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they did crush 2020." As I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's yeah, they definitely did do that." <laughs> and as far as teams that we've discussed on this podcast, usually, like this was not their first year teaming. They, they it wasn't the uh, the newness. It wasn't they didn't win it out of uh, because they're fresh and new, like we often see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was surprised how far back it went, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they definitely." Uh, it was this new coat of paint that they added that got them all the accolades. Right. But that's, that's cool. I like that. You know, if they, if they had won it in like 2017, we would, we would have, we would have both groaned at it and said it was the, the newness factor, but they did not. They won it in 2020. Yeah. And rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like when you go and look at it, like they were, they dominated TV for 2020. <laughs> oh, I forgot to preface this off the beginning. Okay. Uh, I'll preface it now before we talk about the matches we watched. Go for it. Uh, my network is not letting me watch. Uh, it wants me to get Peacock, which I cannot get. Oh, so you finally got switched over. I did yeah. not run into it. I was scared. Um, but yeah, I have not run into it yet. I My fingers crossed. I watch it all on my iPad. I'm like, maybe that'll be like, they'll just forget about like these ancient peripherals and like, let that one be for a little longer. My, yeah, I, haven't, I didn't check it today. Maybe it, uh, no, wait, I think I, I did check it today. My, well, I watch, uh, so I can watch on like, if I'm on the treadmill or whatever, I'll watch on my phone or on tablet, but I like to watch it on my TV. Like I'm watching wrestling, you know? Gotcha. I know. No, I know you do, uh, but I've always been mostly watching on my tablet right in front of me where I can, you know, study it a little better. I feel for me. So I went, so everything I watched, I found on YouTube. Okay. Was, was there a lot? I didn't even check because obviously I saw the network booming, so I didn't worry, but did you find, uh, I mean, I got, I got my like 10 matches. So that was, uh, it was, I, I, uh, I didn't get to do it. Like I like to do it where I watched them <laughs> from the, you know what I'm saying? I didn't get to go chronologically. I tried my best. Uh, so I did a little bit of it. But yeah, uh, I wish that I had access to the network because I would have. I'm sure there's crazy, awesome matches that I've, I would have chosen and didn't get to include. But I think I got a good uh, a good mix in here. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely something we may need to address a little later with all this. Yeah. Yeah. Network, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a bridge. It's a bridge we're gonna have to cross. Yeah. But okay, fine. Then if yours came up a little bit short and it was a little weird, you go first. Let me know what you saw, and then I'll fill in with my lot. You you, you went ham? No, 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 not right. really. 
All right. So I started with a uh, Charlotte and Nia Jax from 2016. Then I went to a Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. Then a Ronda Rousey and Natty Neidhart. Then a Becky Lynch and a Charlotte. Then an Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Then an Iconics match. Then a Nia Jackson Tamina match. Then another Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And then ended with a recent uh, Shayna Baszler Nia Jax match. Okay. Okay. Mine. Let me see. Let me go back to. So mine. I got I got all eras in there. I got I got some from early before they were really a team. I got some Boston Hug. I got some Golden Role Models, and I even got some like current day. I was gonna say I feel like they're popular enough that they probably had a decent amount of of coverage on their free stuff on YouTube. Yes. All right. When I dug into the network, because I still have the network, I watched uh, an early. Uh, Emma and Alicia Fox tag from 2017, a Charlotte and Nia from 2017, a Charlotte and Dana from 2016, a Nia and Alexis, Alexa Bliss from 2017, and Absolution, which I was thrown off. I was like, okay, I remember, but who was that? It was uh, Mandy DeVille and Sonya from a Raw in 2018. Then another, I was so impressed, I watched another one right away of Mandy and Sonya from another Raw a couple months later in 2018. Then a Liv Morgan and a Sarah Logan from 2018. Uh, Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke from a Raw in 2018. A Tamina and Nia Jax from 2018. Natalia and Ronda Rousey from 2019. Iconics 2019. Uh, Shayna and Nia from Payback 2020. Uh, Kabuki Warriors from Raw in July 2020. Then uh, Shotzi and Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox from NXT. Uh, last year, and then uh, Charlotte and Carmella from a SmackDown in 2019. So yeah, I was able to get in everything. I'm not gonna lie, like I knew I had to cover the 2020 stuff, and that's when I was reminded. I was like, oh yeah, they did have a killer 2020. But part of me was just like, as I'm watching, I kind of went sort of chronological. We little we flip flopped a little. Uh, it was tough for me to be like, oh wait, I'm gonna go one of no fans right now. I got so used to just watching all the matches with fans, and then I was like, all right, let me get into their 2020, you know, their their bad guy run. And I was like, oh wait, most of that's with the screens. Yeah, there. I I thought about that while I was watching because I was like, oh man, this is their best stuff, and Cheech is gonna be real weird about it because there's no fans. Yeah, it was like it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would, but it definitely took it down a little. Like so that's why I like I, I made sure my last match I was like, no, 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 I gotta go watch something where there was fans, like right before. So yeah, this was like uh September twenty nineteen. So that the, was like six months before we closed down. The one Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross match I watched must be from right when pandemic started because it's at the performance center and like triple H is on commentary. Yep, yep, yep. That was like the first month or something. Wacky. Super <laughs> wacky. Yeah, luckily, when I watched their stuff, it was very much like there There was, I didn't catch any of like the awkward transition. The stuff I watched from 2020, like everything was smoothed out. Like there wasn't really awkward. It was like prime uh, Thunderdome or whatever. Right, right. All right. So uh, let's talk, let's talk early uh sasha and bailey because they did okay, have wait. what i don't mean to derail but i did want to bring this up before we got into the matches i just want to get a gauge what is your since this is the first female tag team what's your female wrestling fandom history like 
Um, so like, was it something you were always into or not into or? Uh, I mean, I, I, I really loved the Bull Nakano, Alundra Blaze stuff when I was growing up. Okay. Uh, and then I wasn't really a, a much of a women's wrestling fan growing up until I eventually discovered like Japanese stuff when I was in my teens. You know, I wasn't a, I was never a Lita or Trish or, you know, like I liked Molly Holly. I thought Molly Holly was great, but like, you know, I, I, I never thought Lita was any good. I, I never thought Trish was really any good. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so yeah, I guess that's, that would be mine. Did you have any, like, any, like, since you weren't a fan, was there anyone that suddenly made you a fan? Of, well, like I said, I mean, I, I love those Bull Meccano Alonzo Blaze matches. Those were incredible. Okay. See, I always feel like mine's a little weird because, like, yes, I watched the Lundra and those matches, and I was like, yeah, they're good matches. But just the fact that, like, it was so few and far between, it was never a thing of, like, oh, do I like this or not? It was just like, oh, they did it for a year and then disappeared for a year, and then it kind of came back and went away. And then the weird part is, like, Japanese women's wrestling, I did not like. When early when I was young, I don't like, I don't know, I don't want to seem weird, but I was almost too sympathetic because I was like, yo, these, these, you know, small females are beating the shit out of each other. It's a little uncomfortable. Like, that's the thing. Joshi wrestling for me early on was uncomfortable. Okay. And then I thought, because I think about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I think one of like, the first things I saw was like that Gaia documentary where uh, now everyone's favorite person, Mako Satomura, drop kicks that girl's face off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe that's why I didn't like Japanese women's wrestling, because that was maybe, like, one of the first things I saw. But even then, I don't know, it just struck me as, like, you know, these girls are just beating the hell out of each other. Now, in my older age, I'm watching it and appreciating it. But when I was younger, I was just like, this makes me a little uncomfortable. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until really, like, Daisy Hayes and, like, Sarah Del Rey and stuff where I was like, oh, okay, they're wrestling. Like, I don't see that. It doesn't look like they're beating the shit out of each other. It looks like they're having good wrestling matches. And then, like, from then on, I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, this whole women's revolution, I've been all behind. I, I dig all of it. But, like, early on, it was a little weird for me because so many people like yourself were like, oh, Japanese women wrestling. I thought it was so great. I was like, I had the opposite feeling for a while. Yeah, um, I can see that. Uh... I don't know. It it just it always reminded me of those Alundra Blaze Bull Nakano matches that I enjoyed so much. And then even WCW early on had some of those wacky uh, like Joshi tag matches and like six woman tags and stuff. Yeah, and I was always okay with it when it was like under like like under like the lens of like American pro wrestling. But I don't know. I think when I was just young, Japanese wrestling as a whole just seemed so foreign to me and like this whole other world that like. It was like, oh, they're doing death matches. There's big dudes doing head drops. And then there's also these little girls who are just beating the shit out of each other. It was all weird to me. So uh, that can tie right into what I was just about to kind of get into. So uh, early on, when they weren't really, like, you know, they weren't really a team, uh, like the 2016-2017 stuff, they look like they are very... They are trying very hard to do tag team wrestling. Yes. And that got me kind of thinking like, oh, I mean, when you're coming up as a 
uh, a, a woman's wrestler. Uh, I, I'm not sure tag team wrestling is something that any of them really, uh, you know, it's not like. It's not common. It's not common for there to be just a, a, a woman's tag team. So I don't feel like it's a, a muscle that women get to flex early on uh, a bunch when they're coming up. Yes, yes. Like guys do. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting because uh, like I get what they're doing, but it looks like they're trying to do tag team wrestling. Like they've seen it before, but they, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I took that more as them just being young in the business, but no, you're a thousand percent correct. Cause yeah, this is very much cutting edge. Cause like, all right, let's be honest. Like the reason why you didn't see a lot of female tag matches, cause there were rarely four girls on a show. Well, right. For sure. And, and you know, both of these girls came, they did come from an independent background. Um, yeah. And early uh, women's revolution. Sure. They were having the revolution and, and I'm sure they had tag matches every once in a while, but they were all their own individual and they all, you know, did their own thing and like it, women's tag teams wasn't uh, a, a thing necessarily. Yeah. They didn't really have anybody they could go study per se. Sure. Sure. Right. Like, well, you know, we, we listed some tag teams, but very different, very different. Yeah. The, yeah. The, oh my God. Totally different. Like talk about a completely different era. We're talking about like 85 WWF. It's like, you know, that's nothing like what they're doing today. <laughs> But I had to like put that as I was watching it. I was like, oh, it kind of looks like they're just trying to like trying to do tag team wrestling. Like they're trying to emulate things they've seen almost. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, no, you're definitely on to something. I just took it as like, oh, they're a young tag team. So, you know, they're they were they're they're learning. They're they're slowly gelling. And it, yeah. It, and here's the thing. It did take a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like. They were very much good at being where two good wrestlers put together, but as a tag team was a little rough for a while. Yeah, even even when they were the boss and hug connection, it, like those early days of that are they're still kind of rough because they while they were teaming and had teamed a bunch at that point, they weren't necessarily a team. So it wasn't a focus. They were still separate. And yeah, they were teaming. They weren't a team. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, once they became the Boston Hug Connection, it still takes a while because then they have to realize that they are a team and then start getting that chemistry together, start getting on the same page because some of those early ones, like just real little things, like like when going to send someone off the ropes that, you know, they're – it's just the timing is just so slightly off and it looks a little, you know, uh, off, pay, off, you know, not on the same page. No, no. Okay. I was going to bring this up later, but we can bring it up here. Cause it just goes with it. It's odd that, um, they're good at tandem moves. Like I hit a move and then you hit a move like combos. But like when it comes to them two on one doing a double team it, there, it is not a good ratio. No, no, they, uh, for, for a good, like even, let me see. Yeah. Like matches in 2019 where I was like, it still doesn't feel like they have a, a, an identity, you know? Yeah. Like, or that one double team they do that I eventually got right was, is the, you know, the old H bomb where, you know, you could, you know, you're both holding the guy and you pick him up and you slam him. You could do like the double hip toss and you're kind of holding him like a baby and you slam him down. Yeah. That took a while to get done well because their time was either off on the send, on the flip, on the slam. And I was just like, wow, you'd think, you know, 
such great opponents have usually is because they have great timing with each other would also have great timing and hitting double D moves, but they definitely didn't for a long time. Sure. And, and once again, uh, I think it goes back to a little bit of what I was saying about just not, you know, not a muscle that they necessarily had to flex to exactly. Yeah. Cause when it was combo moves, when it was like, I hit a kick and then she turns around into the belly to belly or whatever. It's like, okay, those all went fine. Cause they weren't intertwined per se. It was like, I hit something, then another thing, yay, double team. But when it was like, we double send, we double this and double splat, it's like, ooh, those are a little rough. Yeah, that wasn't really their uh, their their specialty. Their specialty was uh, I hit a move, you hit a move, I hit a move, you hit a move, uh, combos back and forth. And eventually uh, their game kind of became like quick blind tags in and out, which I really started to enjoy towards the end. Yes, I did like that. They well, okay. Here, let's get into it. As a team, um, when watching them wrestle, and like when they would get a little more fancy or a little more uh, higher RPMs in their tag maneuvers and stuff, usually I felt like it was a. Maybe I'm wrong. I felt like Sasha it loves to be very like cutting edge, and she's always going for it. And Bailey kind of like, oh, what was the example I had? Oh, Sasha. Sasha can bite off more than she can chew. And then Bailey could, could use to bite a little bit more. So that's why I think it makes them a good team because Sasha brings her up. Because she's like, no, no, I'm going to try and do like super fancy junior heavyweight, like Dragon Gate type spot things. Whereas like, that's not quite Bailey's thing. But then I find, I find like Bailey's almost more better suited for it. Sure. Uh, Bailey, a lot of times would be setting up Sasha for Sasha's, attempt at something crazy yes and it was okay i keep going back to the uh the mega powers comparison of like they're both known as great guys or great wrestlers but when you watch you're like oh macho man's quite ahead and i was like "Ooh, i wonder if that kind of falls into place with these two because they are like the two top chicks at the time and I was like, I wonder which one's going to show which one's better. And I kind of found it that Bailey was a little bit more of the worker and Sasha's more of the, well, she's a little more Hogan. You know what I mean? She's a much bigger character. She's much more pomp and circumstance. But I do like that she does go hard, kind of like Macho did. Bro, I wrote in like the third or fourth match, feels very mega powers slash rock and sock connection. Okay, okay. So then, yeah, that's what I was getting at, too. Like, I, I was trying to figure out which comparison would be more apt. Do you think the Mega Powers is better, or do you think it's more Rock and Sock? No, I think it's Mega Powers. I think you're right. But it's it's that type of team, especially early on, even through the Boston Hug days. Like, it, they just became... Like, that's why, why I think 2020 was so big, because they finally kind of found a tag team identity as a unit, as opposed to being a mega powers like team where they both have their own move sets and their, their, their own very specific identities. And they're just running together because they're the two best at it. Uh, so I, I, then it got me thinking like, yeah, this is like if rock and sock stay together or if Hogan and macho kept teaming, you know? And I was like, Ooh, that's so interesting. Like they eventually found the, the identity they they eventually are able to put their identities together and make a team as opposed to just being two top wrestlers yes 
Absolutely. And I kind of think what also helped it too is because, like I said, um, Sasha's going to go a little hard, which is going to pull Bailey up a little. So I think it helps overall. But like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, I think Bailey's a little more suited for this craziness that Sasha's going for. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, Bailey's always been, uh, I don't know, I feel better with like, uh, seemingly like the structure of things and how things put together and fitting things together, um, which is very important in tag team wrestling. Yeah, I took away from it being like, wow, Bailey is really well rounded, whereas Sasha's more Sasha is Sasha. She's she's the she's the style and uh and Bailey's the substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like a gave me almost okay, I'll put it this way, a little flair Arn Anderson vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was taken back because I was like, yes, we all know how great Sasha is, but when you watch her in there and she's wrestling next to Bailey, it's like, oh, wow. Okay, we kind of see everyone's game now when they're directly next to each other, as opposed to when they're against each other. It's, you know, it's it's just better because they're amazing opponents. Let's put it, let's be honest. But yeah, when they're together, I really liked it, but but, but I liked it because they kind of balanced each other out. Yes. Um, it it especially when they were the boss and hug, I did start getting irritated that there's always a little bit of seed of doubt that one's going to turn on the other because they inevitably were. Yeah. That was the one thing that kind of plagued it the whole time was that a, well, in the first run, people were kind of murmuring about it. And then the whole, then there was like that middle run where they were like, where everyone was just expecting it. And then there was the, the, that, this, 2020 run where they were like oh we we know you're expecting it. we're just gonna tease you the whole time <laughs> like that yeah. like i feel like the third run they're like oh now we're gonna play into it yeah so it, yeah it, it felt like it was always there and they would have these miscommunications and like little arguments and it was like oh you know it's it's tough to it's tough to get behind a team when it seems like they're always teasing a breakup Hmm, I wonder if that's I now you know what? I bet that's why I like their matches with Absolution because at that time that was that was right at the beginning of the tag titles, so they were super playing that they were a team. They were there was no dissension really at the Earl like when they first won the belts. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. I get that. Yeah, because I, I don't know why. Like as I'm watching it, I was like the one team that really stood out that I really liked was the Mandy and Sonya, who this is literally like their first matches on TV, and like they're crushing it with with uh, Sasha and Bailey. I also really liked the Gabuki Warriors match because I mean, uh, a I re- I remembered it because I was like, oh, this is the one that made events and goes a little while and is really good. That was the other thing when we got to 2020. Part of me was like, oh, I remember these matches, uh-huh. like the. Uh, which one was it? Oh, the the Shia and, uh, yeah, the Shayna and Nia match I put together. Shia, uh, the Shayna and Nia match from Payback twenty twenty had that dope finish where uh, Shayna has an Indian Deathlock on Sasha, then puts like the Kirafuda clutch on Bailey, but then uses Sasha's arm to complete it. And I was like, oh, I remember this. I was like, that shit was dope. And I was like, yeah, they did have really good matches. I remember even the iconic matches. I was like, oh, those were fun because they actually pulled some stuff out of the iconics like it was good because for a while there they were playing like we want to be the vet tag team and then for a while there they actually got to be that so it was fun seeing them mix it up with teams like absolution who were fresh iconics who were fresh kabuki warriors who were fresh you know what i mean yeah no i 
I definitely agree. Uh, even like, yeah, like Liv and Sarah Logan when they were super yes. new. Um, uh, one thing I noticed about them as a team, and I'm not sure this applies to them as singles wrestlers, just uh, one thing I noticed as a team, they spend a lot of time putting their opponents over. Yes, I saw that as I was like, oh, okay, they're like this is how tag matches go. Let's have tag matches. I just felt like they were really excited to have tag matches. They're like, oh, this is a fun, whole new structure. Let's take moves. Yay. I was like, man, they like, not for nothing, but some of the, like, uh, I, it was one of the Iconics matches where I was like, they are just letting the Iconics take it to them. Like, they barely got a shine, and now they are just getting, like, kind of getting it handed to them. Well, that was the one thing I think in in the tag division, their strength was like, quote unquote, they were the super workers of the group, kind of. So like, I really liked it. Like, it got a little repetitive, but like, they were always really good with like Naya or Tamina. I was like, they were really good at like big little spots. They were really good at, um, I liked it when they did eventually take over. Like, for the most part, they were good guys early on, so they weren't, you know, putting heat on anybody but when they did i thought they they gelled better that way well but like overall i just thought they had good stuff with depending on the team i liked them better when they were working with younger teams where they could bring them up when they then compared to when they had to be like competitive with like charlotte or naya and stuff like that so i i this is what i was going to mention earlier uh it was also weird because in the middle to a point like they they almost flip flopped the Sting and Luger dynamic. At one point, Bailey seemed like she was kind of the 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 heel, but Sasha was still baby. And then they there's a there's another match where Sasha seems like she's kind of the heel, but Bailey's still big baby face. And I was like, man, they they've they've literally played they played both baby faces at one time, both heels at one time, and the heel face dynamic in both ways. Yeah, no, they yeah, they had. That's how long they were teaming. Enough that they were like, "Oh no, no, we're gonna tease," because yeah, that's how long it was. They teased that like, "Oh, Sasha's the one who's gonna do it," for a while. Then they switched it all the way to the other side. Where it was like, "No, no, Bailey's gonna be the one to do it for a while." And then it was like, "No, no, no, we're gonna get along for a while." Then it was like, "Oh no, now we're gonna play into. Are we gonna do it?" And then eventually, it was Bailey that did it. <laughs> Man, it, it yeah. Because once again, I couldn't watch it like chronologically. I was just watching when I could find it. I'm like, "Man." Now Bailey's like kind of playing heel, but Sasha's playing babyface. But last time I watched, Sasha was kind of heel, and Bailey was big babyface, and now they're both heels. Yeah, no. they went they went long enough that they got both different dynamics. Yeah, which pissed off some people, but then other people, I don't know. There was an argument of like, are they will they or won't they? And then it was like, oh no, it's long stir long term storytelling. And I was like, I guess I don't know. I. I I fell somewhere in the middle, but yeah, some people were like, oh, they're never going to do it. And I was like, they don't really have to do it. Just because we know it's going to happen doesn't mean it has to happen this year. You know what I mean? Well, I think that I just took it as, uh, yes, they were teaming, but most of the time when they were teaming, they were also, one of them was also women's champion, like singles. And so they had to run uh their own stories so whether they were heel or babyface kind of had to was determined by their singles run and not their tag run 
Yeah, no, uh, it did give me vibes of uh, Bulldog and Owen, where I was like, oh, someone, the other one's got another belt going for a little while, and this one's got his own thing with the Slammies and this guy. And it was like, yeah, I didn't like that. And I don't know. I don't. There's the whole blah, 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 WWF or WWE bookings crap, yada, yada, yada. But in my mind, I was like, all right, if Sasha and Bailey are, you know, at this point, maybe Mount Rushmore for women's division, whatever. Or, you know, I mean, they're, they're the four horsewomen. They're, they're held on this high esteem. But they've been in WWE so long that, like, and they've been in all these different uh, storylines that, like, it was weird in some of these matches where they just lose randomly to, to Nia just out of nowhere. And then you're like, oh, no, wait, in the context it works because, oh, Nia and Bailey are going to have a match at Royal Rumble. Yeah, a lot of the tag matches I watched, it was like uh... – Oh, and Sasha's leading uh, to something. Sasha's wrestling Ronda Rousey at Royal Rumble, or or Bailey's wrestling Nia Jax at blah blah blah. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of the finishes were like, but in my head, I'm like, all right, if you're protecting these, you know, once in a generation, you know, athletes like Sasha and Bailey, I was like, but then they're just taking random pins here and there for like, oh, we have a monthly pay per view there. You have a singles match, so we're randomly going to lose out of nowhere. I was like, wow, they're taking like, like one of the matches they just randomly lost like Dana Brooke. And I'm just like, I like Dana, but I'm like, okay, there's a difference in Dana Brooke. And, but of course there was a story that, you know, Charlotte kicked her first and it was a roll up and things like that. But in my head, I'm just like, wow, you'd think such, you know, huge athletes like Sasha and Bailey wouldn't be taking random L's, but they definitely do. Yeah. And, but it, and once again, it, it all comes down to the fact that they, they were very, uh, we've we've done a bunch of teams just like this in this in this vein where they at, at one point yes they were still teaming but they both had single storylines going on outside of that so some of the tag matches are more dictated by their solo runs than their tag team run. Yes, but I will say, let me ask you: Were you surprised at the length of the matches? Uh, some of them, yeah, sure. Yeah, because as I was going through, and you know, when you're going on the network, it tells you how long. And I was like, wow, all these matches are at least to 10, at least 10, if not over 12. But, which brings me to a couple things I noticed. A, I, this is, <laughs> this threw me off. They're a tag team who had separate entrances and separate theme music. And another thing I noticed, did you notice all their tag matches had a commercial break? Uh, I didn't specifically, but it makes sense. They are, they are uh, long. They, on the network as much i watched a bunch of like random like it was weird like the raw matches would get like it would say like 16 minutes and i was like damn but it was like there was always a commercial break and like yeah even though on the network that still doesn't take away but i was like oh like there was that jump and they still got the time but i was like i just found it odd that i was like i don't know is that is that like a weird twinge of like sexism like oh yeah we'll give you time but there's definitely gonna be a commercial break in there no, I don't know. I, I think any match that goes over like twelve minutes is gonna get a. They're gonna slide a commercial break in there somewhere. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I was like, well, yeah, we haven't. Uh, maybe it was because the last team we did was an ECW team, and there weren't really commercial breaks per se. And I was like, in this match, I just noticed the. I don't know. I just noticed it. I was like, boy, all these tag matches have commercial breaks. I was like, why? Why do all the girls' matches get commercial breaks? But no, maybe you're right. It's just it's a tag match, and it's going along. The but still, that does say something that these matches did get time. No, it, yeah, of course, it's it's a it's a compliment to them. It's a it's a you know. 
they they are trusted to to have a commercial break and to go you know listen i was in wwe i think i went through commercial break one time <laughs> okay yeah but you know what i mean i just noticed that and i was like okay it's cool but once again i always just find it it disrupts a little bit of me as a man studying the match because it's like they go to commercial where they're beating up on shana and now they come back and Shane is magically beating up on Sasha. Oh, I, like, hate, what, what? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, there was the match I watched of them against Liv and Sarah Logan. They hit this gross double team. Uh, uh, Bailey hits uh, like a running knee strike on Sarah Logan that powders her out to the apron where uh, uh, Sasha hits a running fucking meteora into the the. Po- into like the post on the floor yeah. and it makes that big like whack and it's like oh yucky she's dead they go to commercial they come back from commercial Sarah Logan has Sasha in a chin lock yeah I don't know why I, I always felt like maybe it was maybe it was just an older school thing I felt like anytime they went to commercial break and they came back yes stuff had happened but like the match wasn't different like it was like if you left and jake the snake was beating up rick the model martel when they came back they might be in a different point but jake was still up on rick the model martel you know what i mean it wasn't like a complete different thing it would usually be the opposite it would be that rick the model martel will have just pitched jake roberts to the floor and jake took a nasty bump and they're like oh and jake's on the floor we'll be right back and they come back and now martell is up on jake so we had the moment we got to see the moment where where the the switch in the match happened and they come back so we didn't miss anything we just missed rick martell beating up uh jake the snake but in this instance we i have no idea how this match turned and it makes me mad Yeah, no, it happened quite a bit in the matches I watched, and I was just like, that just throws me off every time. I'm like, all right, now they're, okay, we're, we're here now. That's all it was. Every time I'd come back, I was like, oh, okay, we're here now. Yeah, uh, but uh, as far as times go, the last match I watched was uh, a Shayna and Nia match, and it was almost 20 minutes long on a SmackDown. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they get, well, it made sense because, Okay, yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's just be honest. They owned SmackDown for 2020. Like they used to get like two talking segments. Uh, one of them would have a match, and the other one's on commentary. Like they were all over. That's why, like, when you said the 2020, so I was like, "There's no argument." The fact that they got it from three different people—it's so different. Like they were the faces of SmackDown during the pandemic until Roman Reigns came back, basically. Yeah, but it's—I mean, it's super cool. I, I like. I don't know for, for oh yeah no everybody like every you know I don't know I, I I say universally but like everybody knew like oh no this is a moment we're in like this is the golden role models moment like and we're living in it. But uh, people can talk about how WWE just does the same thing over and over again and their booking is so terrible. But like uh, I don't know that that seems like a big thing to me to to have these two women running. Uh, a brand like basically running a show in 2020 yeah no it was amazing because once again 2020 let's be like who knows this is an evergreen thing so maybe you're listening to this 10 years from now we were in the middle of this crazy pandemic with the covid virus there was corona all over the place and things were shut down and suddenly people were there you couldn't have fans anymore so yeah sasha and bailey rose to the occasion and like killed it like 
uh, Bailey and that I, I loved it because I found it awkward early on when it was just like in a little building and like you could hear commentary and she was the first one to yell back to Michael Cole because she could hear him on commentary like that was a huge switch in the whole pandemic era it changed things quite a bit because it was like oh crap after that they started adding like crowd music or like or uh, or crowd sweetening they used to be like the murmur and stuff they caused a change with that. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy how they were able to weave their way through all the obstacles that Corona brought. And if we can just talk about it, uh, I want to speak to your manager haircut. Bailey is significantly better than uh ponytail Bailey. Oh, you like her hair? What I hear is they're like, oh, she got the Karen haircut. She's being a Karen. I was like, oh, that's not, I was like, that's pretty, um, that's quite a contemporary thing to pull off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, I've really got her finger on the pulse if she did it for that way. But I don't know if, if that's, I, if that's what people say. I love it. I think it's great. I think, I think it, it, it just, it added another layer to her. And uh, especially being in that and working heel, it was perfect. It was great. I loved it. And okay, we also we also got to take a second to respect the hell out of the fact that like there was a while there when she was on her own on Raw where she was floundering yeah. bad for a while, and then suddenly she's like, "Let me be a bad guy and get my haircut." And what did she uh, she took a sword or something to her little air people that would rise up during her entrance, and I was like, "Oh, she going for it!" And ever since then, she has not looked back. And it's uh, it's so weird. Uh... NXT uh, in the in the early days where NXT was was pumping people out and pumping them over to the main roster and then they would flounder on the main roster and then flare out and then are gone like so many before uh, it it would have been easy for Bailey to have fallen into that. Oh yeah, and and to be honest, it like we um, we're not kidding. It looked like it was going it was going south quick. Yeah, there are times in these tag matches where she does the corner attack back roll and then does the little uh the world the little whirl around and it's almost cringy and you're like uh you're still doing this thing i don't know people don't really seem to care uh but once again you've heard it a million times hell okay we're old vets we'll say it now you gotta reinvent yourselves kids and that's what she did she totally did she she changed with the times and yeah, she killed it in 2020. And then it was great because now it almost felt like she was on the same level of like pageantry as Sasha was. So yeah, it was great to call themselves the golden role models because they had so many goddamn belts on them at all times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, when they first got the belts, maybe on their second run, they definitely, uh, I think Bailey was champ also at the time. Yeah, and then, and then wasn't, Sasha challenging for the other one and which eventually led to their split up and stuff, which has been great too. Yeah. I, I was tempted to, uh, to dive in on uh, like some of them wrestling each other just for funsies. But I was like, ah, cause they're, cause when you look up Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, yep. pops up is them wrestling each other a bunch. I was like, maybe I just throw one of those on there. It can, it, it'll help me for studying purposes. I also just wanted to watch them wrestle. Yeah, I know. They are such great opponents, which, once again, made them great teammates, but also made them great opponents because you're also like, ooh, I'd like to see that too. See, they're very much Sting and Luger that way. I'm saying they're, <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of that going on. So let's let's get down to it, man. So what made 
Sasha Banks and Bailey, the golden role models, the Boston Hug Connection, so great. Because like well, like I said earlier, they 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 filled in where the other one didn't have. Whereas like Bailey's super worker, but didn't really have like a ton of personality. Sasha had a ton of personality and also was a great worker. So it just worked out perfect. And then like like we said when we were covering it. Um, a big thing for me is like they didn't they never rested on their laurels. Like even as a team, they still kept pushing it, which was great to see when they had matches that did go twenty minutes. Like they could do that, you know what I mean? Like they did have big match stuff. They did have pay per view things. You know what I mean? They weren't just one trick ponies. Yeah, so I, I think it, it, it's a couple things. So early on, like we were saying, they were very mega powers. You know, they were very here's the two best in this realm. And we are teaming them together and that it's, it's almost an attraction, you know, but they were trying to tag team wrestle. And then uh, once they finally got together, they were together long enough to, to fight through it and find an actual tag team identity and become an actual good tag team as opposed to just two singles wrestlers. Like you were saying, they could have rested on their laurels, but they didn't, they, they worked it, it from, the way it appears, they worked hard at being a tag team, and it paid off. Yeah, and guess what, people? That's not easy. Like, me and you, we've lived it. You know what I mean? Like, think about it from their perspective. They, like, they're still, quote-unquote, kind of young in the business. And when you look back to, like, especially their first run, they're super young. So, A, they're learning how to be superstars on TV and learning tag wrestling, like you said, which is completely foreign to the women's division. And yes, it took them a little bit, but rightfully so. But once they got their legs under them, it, they've been great ever since. Yeah, a hundred. If anything, it's only gotten better once because I feel like they were deaf. I feel like they got the team thing down before they did this huge super, you know, the golden roll bottles per se. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, but once they were able to like once, uh, it 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 took time and and it took for them to be. Uh, the tag team to be the thing as opposed to they both still had singles roles to play that kind of outshined it. Yeah. Like, Hey, when we first started teaming, it takes a little while, you know what I mean? And they, they, I'm glad that it did take a while. Cause then it shows you the progression. If they were just great out the gates, it's kind of hard to tell, but now we've seen them actually rise to greatness. Yeah. And it's not easy and it, it takes work and they, they worked through it and they, they, They've formed a tag team identity and it rules. It, it it really does. It's great. Yeah, it's been it's been a great to watch because it was like you saw them be great opponents, then you saw them become a good team, then you saw them become a great team, and now they're back to being great opponents again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, Cheech, how would we defeat them? Okay, I hate to say it because I'm a little guy. But we have to take advantage. Sasha is a little, little person. Like, I, I, I think it limits her almost a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, we have to take advantage of our size advantage for once. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely true. I don't feel like uh, there's a whole lot of inter intergender that goes on. I, I, I can't think of much. Uh, no, but oh my god, how good would it be to intergender wrestle these two? Holy crap! Yeah, I, like they were the PWI tag team of 2020. I, I would love to see them wrestle anybody. You know? Yeah, 
But you know what I mean? Like, we've dipped our toe. We've wrestled female tag teams before, and it was great. So imagine with two of the greatest female wrestlers. Holy crap, it would be awesome. But if we're talking getting the win, uh, we got to try and incapacitate Bailey because she's – she's uh, honestly, she's – I would almost consider her an equal to me. Like, if anything – if okay, let's be honest. She's better than me. But, like, she's on my level. I almost feel like the only re- the only knock against Sasha is, like, oh, I'm just a lot bigger than her. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas I feel like Bailey looks strong. I was jealous of her abs a few times. So I was like, I'm a little worried. Uh, and and uh, as we said before, when they are trying to double-team, double-team, it doesn't necessarily work as well for them. Whereas we can double-team all the live long day yeah we just got to avoid them hitting combos we got you got to avoid the 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 we got to stay away from their corner because if they can just keep tagging in and out like there were some spots where they would tag four seconds or four times in about four seconds it's like tag in tag in tag in and you're like holy crap yeah no we can't let them get on a roll but yeah we gotta somehow incapacitate bailey so we could just try and go ham uh little miss sasha because it's just it's just physics. <laughs> it's just <laughs> physics. Yeah. I don't know. Like she she like cloudy size and we could beat the crap out of him. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like I know how to beat small. I'm more scared about Bailey. No, I agree. I agree with you. I'm <laughs> I'm way more <laughs> a fiery little skinny woman. Those I'm used to. But like a pissed off Karen haircut coming at me. I don't know. That's scary. Yeah, no, intimidating for sure. That. Uh, do you think intimidation was a factor when she cut the hair? Oh yeah, definitely. I think I, I what was that? I think I saw some video where she was super freaking out about it, but she was like, "No, once we did, everybody liked it, so it was cool." And I was like, "But you know what I mean?" Like uh, a really good point was like, "Yo, her ponytail was her thing to cut that thing off." I was like, "Oh yeah, that is kind of ballsy." Yeah, yeah, and it ruled. And and twenty twenty was their year. Yeah, it really was. But now it's 2021. But okay, if we went back and, you know, in their prime, it's so funny when to be like, oh, in their prime a year ago. Um, But it was odd. Some of the stuff I watched, I was like, holy crap, that was a year ago? Wow. Oh, wait, that happened in 2020? Wow. Like, oh, it's been a time warp. Well, 2020 is the longest year of anybody's life. Yeah, it's been it, it's it's been some it was something. We could say we could say it in the past tense. Yeah, now. it was something. And uh and you know, not uh, it, I don't feel like it takes away from their accomplishment of being the best team in a weird year because in that weird year, you know, uh them and AEW were still running hot. It's not like they were uh you know, they were, some of the shows were a little weird and the no fans thing was a little weird, but they were they were still running hot TV. If anything, I think it adds to their legacy because it's going to be like, oh, they dominated in the weirdest time. You know what I mean? That that's going to say a lot in the history books. Yeah, like in in sports, they were taught they they talk about you know who won, like like the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and it's like, well, is there going to be an asterisk next to that because it was during a weird year? Or like in NBA, they went into that bubble and blah blah blah, and the Lakers won. Is there going to be an asterisk next to that? And a lot of analysts are like, do you know how much harder it must have been? to to succeed with all of this going around well plus and okay 
the, here's the weird difference. Those are sports. So like those are real legit outcomes that could definitely, you know what I mean? This is quote unquote entertainment. So to be able to provide like, and that's the one thing, like if nothing else, like, yeah, they killed it in ring, but all those weird segments, all the promos, like they killed it as an entertaining um, entity in this time. So I think that's going to be even bigger. Is that like, you know what I mean? Where I feel like, in sports, it was like, okay, they're just in an odd situation. There's nobody around, but, like, they didn't have to, like, entertain those people, per se. They just had to go play their sport as hard as they could. Whereas this, they had to do that, and there's that whole other added element of, oh, yeah, we're on TV entertaining people, not just, okay, we're going to have this match, and whoever wins, wins. Yeah, right. No, you're right. All right, that's it. That was them. That was the the golden role models. That was the Boston Hug connection. That was Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah, it was fun. First. Um, and here's the thing. In going through that, we saw a bunch of other tag teams. And once again, that division, is, if nothing else, is just getting deeper and deeper as it goes on. So, yeah, we may fall a little bit into the more recency bias, which, I don't know, I find a little bit weird. But we definitely, I definitely found more tag teams where I was like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely dug Absolution. I was liking the Riot Squad. You know what I mean? They're... they're there's definitely we've we've only scratched the surface apparently. Yeah, uh, you mentioned I didn't get uh, there were no Kabuki Warriors matches on uh, YouTube, but at one point Oscar came out and they mentioned the Kabuki Warriors, and I was like, oh yeah, that team I bet would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no, I but that was the thing I remembered watching those matches because it was weird. Because remember Kyrie was supposedly leaving and all this stuff, so she's getting a, good, a couple of good matches in before she left. So yeah, it was really good. Yeah, so uh, the door is. Doors opened on that one, but probably closed for a little bit while we get back to, uh, you know, probably the 80s. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where we're going from yeah. here. So the elephant in the room of, yeah, picking teams might get a little bit weird. So uh, bear with us if things get a little weird and, and we either have to cover like super duper recent teams or super duper ancient teams where we can get footage or... Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Part of me, after Balls and Axel last week, and this and the Dar Network dubbing, I was like, I really, I'm tempted to go find the you know July second, nineteen ninety eight TV version VHS that I have somewhere and plug it in just to hear the the actual Balls Mahoney music. Well, yeah. So we may have to run to weird things like that. Well, weird things like that, or yeah. I mean, we'll we'll have to discuss, but it's definitely it's definitely gonna get. Uh going to get interesting from here at least until the the network re picks up and it gets on it's you know because even even if i even if it was on fire stick right now like it would have been fine for like this week's team but there's so much stuff apparently still missing from the peacock version that certain teams would be impossible with the current network on peacock Absolutely. So once again, people get Colin behind my idea of covering other tag teams in entertainment, like Bert and Ernie, like Laurel and Hardy, oh, I, like uh, uh, we're like like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Wanda and Vision. Those are both tag teams. I'm just saying. All right, all right. I'm. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> when we pivot to something weird. <laughs> Listen, I, I'll 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 tell you off air, but I got I got some I got some stuff that that can, uh, you know, get around some network things for for a little bit for certain certain eras and teams. I know people who have VPNs. What's up? Don't worry. I'm suddenly Yugoslavia. 
<laughs> All right. Well, from Yugoslavia, I'm Colin. <laughs> and I'm Cheech. Adios. We'll see you next week. See ya.